Hello and welcome to this episode of Pat's Chat. Uh, of course, another awesome guest on my show. I'm really honored. I'm really uh, proud that he uh, uh, is here today uh, with me, Sinan Ismail, the co-founder and CEO of uh, Digital Durian. Uh, first of all, Sinan, thank you very much um, for making the time and uh, being with me today for this episode. Hi, uh, you're most welcome, Pat. Thanks for having me too. Sure, thanks. Thanks to you. And uh, Digital Durian, uh, not about the, the king of fruits uh, that you are going to digitize, but of course you are the creator of uh, animation cartoons. And when I mention which ones, then everyone will just know in, in Malaysia and even in a bigger part of the world nowadays, Didi and Friends and uh, Omar and Hana is both uh, IPs coming from, uh, from, your, uh, from your studio very popular and we're going to talk about uh, the success story, the awesome success story of these um, cartoons in, in a moment. First of all, as always, I would like to know a little bit more about yourself, of course, uh, Malaysian born in Malaysia, but uh, where did you grow up, Sinan? What, what is your uh, past uh, story? Right. Hi. Um, so again, my name is Sinan Ismail. I'm the CEO co-founder of Digital Durian. And I was born in Selangor, of course, Alhamdulillah. And I was, my, my parents were lecturers. Yeah? My mother is a, she, had, she did a PhD in the UK, so I followed her when I was young. From the age of two to eight years old, I was in the UK, in London. And then when I came back in Standard 2, I was brought up in Kajang, uh, Kajang High School boy. And uh, I, I went to Sundanu for two years and then did my uh, matriculation in the Wismiland, Palatila. And I did my degree in USM uh, with a course computer modeling, which is under, um, which is actually applied mathematics. Yeah, okay. So, USM, the University of Science Malaysia in uh, Penang, right? Um, yes. So you, you made quite a, a trip uh, overseas. Even what, what is it that, uh, I mean, between two and eight, you were in UK. What, what is it that you keep uh, in memories from the time in UK? Wow, amazing. I think um, for me, again, I was so young at that, at that moment of time. But I think I, we are a very big, uh, I am a very big believer of early childhood education. So I think uh, a lot of my myself was actually uh, tuned in when I was in the UK. Um, really, to be honest, I was a scary cat during that time. Even um, there was snow and I was afraid of snow. And then when, when I watched that video when I was bigger, I was like, why am I afraid of snow? <laughs> yeah, um, but all, all in all, I think it was a great experience uh, going to the school there. And um, uh, and when, when I go back there, and it feels like going back home in a way. And, yeah. Yeah, but Alhamdulillah, I think it's, it's been uh, a good learning for me. Yeah. Okay, I understand. So, computer modeling was your uh, was your studies, and uh, you just mentioned your your parents are also like in in education. Um, so it looks like this uh, modeling or like creating something uh, um, visible that was uh, always your thing, right? That's what you wanted to do. What, how how early was it clear for you? Like, were you like the the kid that was drawing in the schools and impressing everyone with like? Uh, the awesome drawings that you could do, or how, how did you figure out that is what you really like? I, I wish I wish I could draw. I can draw, but I can't. Um, to be, <laughs> I, I can draw a, a stick man very well, <laughs> but man I can't do. But um, the passion actually came through watching cartoons. Yeah, 
Um, of course, you have Optimus Prime here, like there. See that? There's one over here. Yeah, um, I loved the Transformers when I, was, when I grew up. But I think that the biggest change was Toy Story. And, uh, when we saw 3D animation uh, from Pixar. And uh, the passion was always there. The skill, I didn't have drawing skills until today. But animation is just so much more than drawing. And I think it's about storytelling, it's about uh, script writing, it's about directing, it's about the, the, the whole package. And there's actually now 50 people in Digital Lurian, uh, a great team, and definitely a very creative team. And um, everybody plays a role to make what Omar Rahana is and what Didi Fence is now. Yeah. Okay, but, oh, very interesting. Yeah. So not 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 the the guy then that do the drawing but you put all the stuff together as you say it's more about the stories in the end um actually i can't draw but i can do 3d animation yeah okay so i'm not yeah so i so after usm actually in usm i learned computer modeling but 95 percent was actually mathematics yep and uh, i just went through that <laughs> it wasn't what I really loved to do, but it did give me perspective um, on, on, on how to problem solve. I think that's what mathemat mathematicians do best, yeah, solve problems. And um, so after graduation, I actually self-taught myself 3D animation. And it's not as easy now than then, um, then and now. I mean, now you have YouTube, all these video tutorials, then we had to open, go to Kinokunia, buy a book. Look at online forums, and it was it was <laughs> lots of hard work. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I got my big break. I think when I applied for a job, and uh, the company is called New Org Silverhead in Bangsa. It was a, it was a boutique uh, 3D architecture company, and um, I was his first staff. Yeah, and that was good for me because um, I had to learn everything about 3D. And uh, that gave me a very good base. After one year with him, I, I jumped to um, doing e-learning because I had some passion in, in education. Mm -hmm. um, then after one year, I joined Asia Pacific Video Lab, which is a 3D post-production uh, for TV commercials. And that was a lot of fun, but it was also a lot of sleepless nights. Um, <laughs> but, I think it, it's amazing, uh, the feeling to see our work going on TV. And at that moment of time, I was 25, 26, yeah. And um, only after that, um, I started Digital Learning. So along the way, and I, did, I don't know how to draw, but I can model, I can animate, I can rig, I can com. I mean, the, the whole thing except drawing. Except yeah. drawing for that one, you have uh, other people do that for you. Uh, but you mentioned yeah. it is like uh, we're talking 2005, 2007, around this time, right? And as you mentioned, uh, learning things was far more difficult. We could not just uh, YouTube or Google it. Um, we had to go through the books, right? And uh, do a lot of research. Uh, you said you went through a lot of sleepless nights, but then in 2007, you founded a Digital Durian Enterprise first. I assume you went through many more sleepless nights, but now at least you were the, the, the owner of that company. What, what was your mindset at that time? What made you change like from becoming uh, or from being an, an employee and then you want to become like uh, self-employed or becoming like an entrepreneur? Do you rem remember that time, 2000? 
or was that selling yeah. something around? Yeah. I think definitely. I think the, the reality of the matter at that moment of time, and, I, and I'm not proud of it, yeah, and is I wanted to become an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur, I want to have, have my own business because I wanted money, I wanted more time, I wanted freedom, and so I can watch football, Champions League in the middle of the night, and I don't have to go to work the next day. It was it was very, um, it was very anyway a, a selfish for lack of words uh, reason to start a business. But uh, the good thing is I took that jump. Yeah, I took that jump, and um, I didn't have a lot of money. I started with eight thousand ringgit from a freelance job, and. I, didn't, I wasn't married yet, so there was, there was a big commitment still living with my parents. So let's just give it a try. And um, I'm happy I did. I'm happy I did. And the values, the reason of doing business now is so different um, compared to when I started. Um, and I think all of, all of that was um, through falling and learning, falling and learning. Yeah, I wish, I wish there were podcasts at that moment of time. And I wish I, I, I read a lot more then compared to now. But um, I, yeah, so the reality is, Alhamdulillah, yeah, I, I started it for self reasons, but then it grew to, to what it is today. And um, I think the, the biggest shift, and if you ask me what, what is the different shift of mindset then and now, or not, you don't even have to say now, from then 2007, 2008 to 2012, yeah, is business or entrepreneurship is not about yourself. It's about creating value for other people. Yeah. It's about giving a value add to the people around you. Um, and, and how can you make other people's life better or happier or simpler uh, with your product or service? And it, it really came back to that, you know, creating value for other people and realizing that. And people, I also tell you that it's not just about our, our um, fans or our users. It's also about our team, yeah, creating a great life for them. It's yeah. about our partners. It's about the people we work with. And um, it, it's a totally different my mindset. From, from where I started, Alhamdulillah. So now I, <laughs> I have the right, the right mind. Of course, the, the size is also different from a one-man <laughs> show or like two co-founders to like the, the big enterprise you're, you're leading today. Um, what impressed me is uh, the name itself. I'm Digital Turian. Today, everything is about digital. We hear that everywhere. But that was like, well, 15 years ago, you came up with the digital and you combined it with uh, durian, uh, the king of fruit, very popular in Malaysia. Well, what was like? Do you remember like how you you came uh, you came up with that with that name? Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, then with my co-founder Hairo, we were uh, having a chat and said, "Yeah, let's open this company. Yeah, we were doing some freelancing together, but let's make it proper." So we were thinking about a name, and um, of course we're big fans of, of Apple. Yeah, um, but we were thinking like digital. Digital was was something which we really wanted. Yeah. Then we said digital cruisy, digital much so, so so many types of digital words came out. But then when we said digital durian, we were like, hey, this this could stick for a few reasons. Yeah. First one, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, that. 
durian is the king of fruits. So we kind of like have that mindset of, okay, let's be the king of digital and using that, that durian thing there. <laughs> Number two is it's a very strong brand, branding wise. So when in our early days, when we when we were doing B2B, yeah, um, clients sometimes don't remember my name, but they remember me for durian. Whatever you want to call me, but as long as it's, it's still in your mind. Yeah. And normally the first question when we talk to clients is why why the name digital durian? So that that's it sticks, yeah. Kind of an icebreaker also, right? So you get yeah, into exactly. the discussion, right? Yeah. Exactly. And uh, number three is also because durian is a is a uh, is from this side of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we said we want to go global one day, and uh, at least when people hear it, some of them may not know about us, but people who know they can actually know that we're actually from this part of the world, Malaysia, Indonesia, Southeast Asia. So. Those are the main three reasons why we chose Digital Luria. Awesome. Okay, that that's cool. Uh, thanks so much for, for sharing that story. And uh, I think now we can dig into the story of uh, really uh, what what is a success story today. Also, uh, just that 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 the audience knows what we're talking here about. Um, I think uh, I have the numbers right. Indian friends, almost four million subscribers on YouTube um over three billion views the total views i think you just got like an award uh some time ago six billion views uh on the on the i think on both shows dd uh digan friends and omar and hannah six billion it's like uh, it's an incredible uh number uh, as i said before 9240 creative people in in the company um since uh 2012 and it started all like as you said like with the 8000 bring it like your own funding but then also like the grants that you tried to apply uh which you did not get in 2011 and finally uh reapplied in 2012 you raised uh, 50000 uh ring it to really start that that awesome story and uh maybe you can like guys a little bit through that time 2012 getting a grant or not getting a grant first getting the grant uh, until 2014, when you really launched the uh, DDN Friends. Yeah, cool. So um, prior to 2012, we did apply to this contest called IPCC under MDEC. Yeah, now it's called DC3 Plus, and it is a it's a contest which is there every year, and um, a lot of great IPs have actually came out from this contest by MDEC. So we first applied, I think, in 2009 or 2010. I think it was 2009. And um, we got through the first round until we did the pitching session. And the pitching round, I, I did so bad. It was probably my worst presentation ever. And um, we got rejected, definitely. And in 2011, we applied again for IPCC. And we didn't even get through to the pitching round, even worse. <laughs> And uh, 2012, we said maybe this is our last time. Let's let's just let's just last try. Yeah, you never know that uh, that uh, after shoveling, maybe the treasure is, is down there. You don't know. Okay, let's just try. Maybe I'm lucky. But uh, one thing which triggered us also was the theme for that year was actually education. So animation for education, and that's what we love to do. Yeah. So we uh, we applied in 2012. We got it. Um, 
we went we, we got to the the first stage they went for the pitching the pitching was one of the best i've done ever flip from the from the boys yeah and uh, alhamdulillah we got the 50000 and from there uh i'll i'll just share that at that moment of time we were struggling on the digital brand end yeah um and the throughout the journey 2008 2012 the time we didn't have salaries the time that even my car there was uh, somebody uh outside of jalan ampang and knocking on the window and saying get out of the car you haven't paid like i just paid the day before so it was up to that point uh so like you mentioned people see this, the success yeah but the the hardship behind it was so much um but so when when we got that grant and i didn't know how big the difference will become definitely yeah but what i knew is i want to create value for people yeah i didn't know the business model yet we didn't know how ip worked but we just said that hey um let's create a cartoon which has benefit for people and inshallah maybe we'll get the rewards somehow somewhere some way yeah and um, so when we got that award when it was announced it was like a dinner thing and i actually became emotional and after the announcement straight away i i went out and called my wife and I couldn't speak and it was pretty weird 50000 is a lot but it's not a lot for a company yep so it was just that feeling of hey this is going to be life changing yeah and uh, indeed it was and to to be where we are today but again after getting the 50000 it wasn't like everything is beautiful after that no yeah we had to create the first pilot for DDM fans we then pitched it to local broadcasters international broadcasters and of course what they said was um it looks good but we're not going to take it yeah <laughs> so all of them rejected me rejected us and i i brought DDM fans to singapore uh, with the help of them there of course yeah i i then we went to ATF uh in thailand and pitching and getting feedback and everybody rejected us so we said that okay what's next yeah um a few people in the industry did mention to us hey uh start on youtube all right um but then i think the biggest changing point was when my son was one year old yeah at that moment of time we were actually showing him videos on youtube children's songs in english and they had those millions of views and um we search for lagu kanak-kanak which is in bahasa and there was no quality content then i did some google keyword research and there were actually 10000 people looking for lagu kanak-kanak but nobody was actually serving them uh, yeah. okay so that okay using data using what we have right Let, let's mm-hmm. let's shift and um, change the difference from the difference the science explorers that's how we started Mm-hmm. and to the dem fans lagu kanak-kanak yeah yeah and we launched our first song uh, on youtube in may 2014 mm-hmm. and um it, it, the pickup was really great yeah uh, in the first year we targeted 1 million views we actually ended that year with 5.5 million views wow so yeah. it was it was really great and then from there on i think it was it was better we, we started to talk to the broadcasters um talking to astro and astro got back and um from there we actually went into a co-production deal 
this Astro and uh, the rest is history as you know mm, now. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very beautiful, beautiful story. One one question, maybe a quick one. Uh, why why the chicken? Or I think it's an uh, uh, Ion Sarama. It's called. It's like the local Malaysian uh, chicken. I think we can see a D on the top of your uh, shelf there on on the top right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, this was the first BBM friends flash time. Oh. It doesn't look like it is now, right? Yes, different, different. different. Yeah. So, yeah. getting feedback from the broadcasters, from the industry friends, and ourselves being critical on ourselves, right? We really did a lot to change this to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, but why then, the chicken? What, what, what was your. Really <laughs> the reality is, um, my team member and our creative director, then he was doing he did it in 3d in 2010 um and he also is he can't draw that much better than me but not that good <laughs> so he did this chicken in 3d and he just loved i am Trauma. and when i saw that image i said that hey Zai, this is this cute maybe let one keep it and uh, we're doing servicing jobs now we're doing other stuff maybe one day we'll make it famous so it was in the bank or in the in the storage for two years. But the reality of why chicken is because I can't draw, he can't draw, he did it for fun. And the basic shape of DD is actually two spheres, which created in 3D. Yeah. And um, even the legs weren't combined. So the reality is we can't draw we are actually more of a physical um not physical we were more non-organic type of 3d animation company so we did a lot of oil and gas it's not character animation so we didn't know how to model uh -huh. a character, a character. We didn't know how to do something as simple as this just two circles mm -hmm. and the hand are just it's like plasticine yeah 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 and um that, that was the real reason why <laughs> uh, we didn't have the knowledge to do it. Um, but at the same time, we, Zai and myself, we also mentioned that hey, there's, there's no Ayam Sarama cartoon in the market yet. Yeah. Uh, it's unique. <laughs> region, so let, let's, let's give it a try. True. true. And obviously, uh, the simplicity was uh, also the start of that uh, success. Uh, there was one point I read in one of the <laughs> you were you were giving i mean um well you had that success in in uh, youtube you were able to start selling it uh to to um uh, tv stations but then at one point it looks like there was still like a big challenge in 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 the company where you had to downscale the company you were not even sure if you were surviving what what happened like if you look back at that um, what happened there and what is like the, the learning that you took from this, uh, again, the difficult time that you went through there? Right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll share my past and I'll relate it to where we are now also. So there's actually two times and where we had to do a major down downsizing. And the first one was in 2010. The second one was in 2012, 2013. Yeah. And um, as an entrepreneur or as a leader, that, that's the worst thing which you want to do because you have your people, you hire them, you have the re responsibility to, to um, 
what's the right word to to take care of them. Yeah, you have the responsibility to grow them, and suddenly you have to release them. So it's 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 one of the worst things as a leader to do, to have to do. Yeah, but then why did we do it? Is because of financials, and we we just had um, in the first two years we were doing a lot more servicing jobs, and then we didn't get any more jobs and money in the bank from six figures went down to five figures and we just had to tell the team that hey we can't sustain you anymore mm. yep uh, we're very very sorry and we're not getting any jobs and um, we hope that you're okay if you can you can uh, move on and then we didn't even know about the employment act we didn't have a hr a proper hr so i don't know if it was done right to be honest but, <laughs> but i was a small company still su- struggling to survive and uh, definitely it wasn't easy uh, those conversations yeah the second time was actually uh, so after that first shift that first downsizing we actually shifted from um servicing b2b to weddings yeah we actually did weddings for two years and then we hired again we rebuilt the team um but then when we, we we crumbled again um so that was the second time right um, ultimately this is what i believe yeah as a leader you need to do what's best for everyone yeah it's not just yourself it's not just a company but when when i say everyone when you downsize and you have to let people go it's actually the best for them too because and you may think it's not in the short term, but in the long term, if you keep them, but you can't grow them. If you keep them and you 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 hold them from actually get going to somewhere else, which they can actually do better things, or get get a better opportunity to grow, a better salary maybe. Yep. Then you're not doing the best for them. And but we always uh, tend to look at the short term, and when we say that hey, we have to release people and people say and even. Normally, the society says that hey, you're doing a bad thing here, but we know we know the finances. We know that if you cannot go here, why should you stay here? Yeah, and um, relating to I told you I'm going to relate it to where we are now. We've just finished as a, as a group of leaders. Uh, we call them Khalifa in our company. Yeah, uh, our senior leadership team. We just finished the book Good to Great together. Yeah, by Jim Collins, and it's an amazing book. And um, one key point, he says that get the right people on the bus. So people, people normally say that um, people are your best asset. And uh, in that book, he says no, that's wrong. The right people in the right place are your best asset. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is true. And people are people. If you have the, the wrong people in the wrong place, mm-hmm. then they're not an asset. They're liability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so. Through that book, we actually learned a lot, and as a company, and um, we believe in digital Durian now. We have the right people in the right place, yeah. Um, and moving forward to our new aspiration, um, and uh, but relating back to that, just going back to uh, yeah, yeah. the question, yeah. I mean, it was it was a torrid experience, mm-hmm. but as an entrepreneur, as a human, not just as an entrepreneur, yeah. These experiences make you who you are now yeah these experiences teach you it, it may be the hard way but um, i wouldn't change anything to be honest uh, because 
uh, without all those experiences myself and my company wouldn't be where it is now. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for uh, sharing that, Sinan. I think uh, many very valuable uh, ideas and input um, about the story and how it formed you and the company also. And um, as we're coming closer to the end of this episode, um, I still want to touch that. I mean, highlight of uh, Dean and Friends so far. I see like 2018, you, 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 you did a, uh, uh, you released a cinema film, uh, which is uh, obviously quite uh, exciting things to do. But also I wanted to quickly touch on the other series that you then launched in uh, 2017, Omar and Hannah. That's the two uh, kids we see there yep. in, uh, in the shelf also. Yeah, this one, right? Um, this one I found also quite interesting. So the, the description you have for them is... Uh, uh, you want to target young uh, Muslim children uh, around the world to teach them good Islamic values and uh, virtues. I have to admit, I didn't watch the, the episodes, of course, um, but uh, I, I can imagine it's uh, very valuable. And uh, within like little time, I mean, 2017, today, four years, you aired uh this series in more than 25 countries right um i'm not yeah. going to list them uh four languages uh, but 25 uh countries and um just like uh maybe also something to mention uh which you were obviously very proud to to show uh paul bokba the the french uh, football player of uh, manu right yeah. was just uh posting on social media how he was like uh watching the series right so maybe can you just give us like two three cents about uh that success story also and how was it possible that this kicked off so obviously so fast and became so fast so big yeah yeah thank you um i'll take some time on this i'll try to keep it short and sweet but omar hana is really close to me yeah as, 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 a, as a product because my my i, I did mention my, my parents were lecturers but they're actually lecturers in the islamic field and when my father was alive and um he passed away in 2014 when he was alive, I did want to do an Islamic cartoon with him. I didn't get to do that. Yeah, but it's quite dear to me this idea. But then, um, when we started it, started to do it in 2017, you mentioned the book is huge, it's big, it's um, much more global than DDM Friends, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> our English channel is approaching 1 million subscribers, and only 8% of the views come from Malaysia. Yeah. And the biggest viewership actually comes from the UK, 19%. The US, I think 17%. Wow. And okay. Pakistan, India, all around the world. So it's, it's not just doing the language. It's actually doing the language and people are appreciating it. People are watching it. And like you mentioned, I was so happy. I'm a, I'm a United fan. I'm a football fan. And Paul Pogba posting is like, wow. And it, it wasn't, a, we don't even knew he watched it, right? So it's like, <laughs> it's not a paid post. It's like something like, wow, this is, this is really great. And, um, so Omar Hana is again. It's it's that when we started, nobody was actually doing high quality content for Muslim children. Yeah, and um, when we started to do it, we we didn't know where we're going to sell it. Will people accept it? But it's been amazing. People are coming back to us from all around the world, giving great feedback, and this is where. The point is actually it's pivoting us for the next round of future. So why do I say that? Because of the success um, which we got in Digital Uri and Fluidity and Friends and Omar Hanaya. Yeah, and we believe that there is a market gap there. 
for Islamic content. So we're going on this new venture and it's called Durio. And Durio, our aspiration is to be the leading um, entertainment slash education, entertainment company for Muslim children all around the world. Um, and for a layman, I would keep it easy. Yep. We want to be the Disney for Muslim children, put it that way. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, we're, we're just starting on this new journey. We're looking for investors. We're talking to people from all around the world. And we don't know where it's going to lead us, but what we do know is if we do this well, and it has a huge impact for more than 200 million Muslim children all around the world. And we believe we can reach them. We believe that uh, it's something great to do. And going beyond the Islamic world, I mean, what we're doing, we're not doing Islamic content, we're doing content with Islamic essence. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's um, values and virtues, but it's closer to, to the teachings of the Quran. And I think it's an under, understood market, and we believe that we can be the next Disney for the Muslim children or the next Netflix, or hopefully become a unicorn. We don't know. Yeah. It, it, we're evolving from a, a content company to a content and tech company. And that's basically our next next journey. Um, we don't know where we'll bring us yet, but what we do believe again when we started the DM the same thing. We're going to create value for people and with the right business model. And uh, hopefully then I tell my team this, yeah, and um, I tell them again and again that in Malaysia and our animators, or not animators, our creative guys in the animation field are not paid as well as the guys that are in Pixar or all around the world. Yeah. Just move it to where where we're not paid as well as the the engineers. Yeah. So it has always been my mission to get them to a pay which at least is equivalent to engineers or doctors in Malaysia one day. Yeah. And we can only do that by creating great content for a global audience. And uh, I think through this new mission by Durio, and I think that is something which we can achieve. And um, I'm very passionate to achieve that. Um, two reasons again, one for the fans, for, 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 the, for the children all around the world, and one for my team. So I really hope that um, it becomes a reality. We don't know. It's an exciting journey I have, inshallah. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Sinan, for sharing that. Also, I'm very uh, honored that you mentioned that uh, new uh, new things that you're planning uh, here on the on the show. Um, extremely proud to have you uh, on on this episode. Really um, I'm happy to have learned really a lot from you today. Your journey and the up and downs that you shared with us, and above all, the great uh, success that you have uh, currently. And of course, I wish you uh, more success with the current shows with your uh, future ventures the plans and the ideas that you have um thanks so much uh, sinan thank you thank you Th thank you for having me again um I, I really hope that the listeners do benefit from this talk um and if you want to connect with me yeah they can follow me on linkedin just search for sinan ismail and uh, definitely i think for me as an entrepreneur it's about creating value for people. So when Pat came and when you came and said, hey, let's do this, I, I, I felt like it, great. Yeah, it's something where people can get value of. 
um, and hopefully um, we or anybody can keep creating value for each other and uh, ultimately make the world a better place. Awesome. Nice final word. Nothing to add here. Again, thank you so much, Sinan. Uh, thanks to the audience. Um, well, I think you uh, definitely could enjoy this episode. And then I see you uh, for a new one probably next week. Pat's chat. Thanks so much for watching. Have a great day.